Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. guys today on the show we have ken van lu uh we had a great interview ken's got a lot of experience he's up in the east coast has done developments done flipping has done um uh hotel self-storage medical office all kind of stuff so a lot of experience there a lot of different types of deals and asset classes that he's done so we dive into all of that um we talk about some of his uh, attributes for success that he's seen over the years talk about team building um creating a, a framework for teamwork to do bigger deals and all of that good stuff so dive in i think you can enjoy this interview with ken Separately, and just real quick before we dive into the interview, if you'd like to be on the DJE investor list and see upcoming projects, you can go to DJE Texas, Delta Juliet Echo Texas.com, and you'll see a little spot there to schedule uh, a call with our team so we can build that pre existing relationship and get you in the system. Or you can just click through to uh, create an investor account, and that'll get you in the process there. We can show you case studies, lots of educational material, get to meet our team, all that fun stuff. So so that when we do have a project that comes out, um, you're able to, to capitalize on that if you are so inclined. Also, if you're an aspiring uh, operator, you want to kind of take this further than just being a passive investor. You want to go run your own deals. We've got an incredible program for you at apartmenteducators.com. You can go there. We've got a, a free video course there where I go through and I teach this business model to you. And then we've got different options too for mentorship and coaching and uh, community if that's something you're looking to do to take the next level, apartmenteducators.com. Okay, with that out of the way, let's jump into the show. And here's Ken. Ken, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Devin? Hey, doing great. Doing great. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, jumping on today and spending a little time with me and, and want to kind of unravel and dig down on your, your life and your business and cram all that into, you know, under an hour here. I'm sure it'll be easy to do, but uh for those that are not in your universe already, uh, maybe a little background. You know, wh where'd you come from, and how did you how did you make your way into real estate investing? Yeah, so I was born in the uh, New York City metropolitan area, and uh, grew up in a little small town called Highland Park next to Rutgers University that you may have heard of. Sure. And you know, I always wanted to be an engineer, but I wasn't that sharp in high school. I, I liked to play football. I was an all-state football player. So I went off to college and played football and acted like I was studying engineering for the first few years. But it was more about, you know, beer and pretty women and all that kind of good stuff when you go away to college. That's right. So after, you know, three years, I found myself um, wanting to become an engineer. I transferred to engineering school. And when I finally graduated engineering school, I created the six-year plan, but I had won an award and it was it was designing and subdividing a lot. It was a 13-acre lot, and I had subdivided and I planted a seed in college about real estate, but I had trained in college to be a civil engineer, so off I went to start a civil engineering career, and, you know, in civil engineering, you have to work in the field for like four years, so, you know, for the first four years, I really didn't like working in civil engineering. I worked for maybe about a year, and I went and got a construction job, and I started building buildings. Next thing you know, I'm doing a high rise on the water in New York city and learning how to build construction, you know, high level. And when I finally became an engineer, I was making so much money in construction. 
I just kept it moving. And that eventually led to where I learned how to build projects and had the design experience. I went back to school late at night when I was, you know, probably almost about 30 and got a master's degree in real estate development. And then I went out and jumped right in and did a $17 million project right out of the box. It was a 113 bed assisted living facility in Bridgewater, New Jersey. And that's how I started in real estate. And I kind of worked myself backwards, you know, um, down to doing, you know, all kinds of sort, right down to wholesaling real estate, you know, I, you know did, where I was a CEO of Flippin' USA and we did 137 deals in one year. And that's when I decided to, to write the book. I love it. So clearly a lot of different types, lots of asset classes, lots of strategies. This $17 million project that you came into, um, walk me through how, you know, how this deal was structured. This is new construction stuff, right? New Jersey. Yes. And, and how did you put the, the team together and how'd you put the capital together? That's, you're probably looking at, um, 5 million bucks equity on a project like that. 6 million bucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because when you do the typical, you know, 30% or 40% equity, um, you know, you're looking at those kind of numbers and not knowing what I know today, you know, I think allowed me to figure something out pretty cool. And I financed it through the New Jersey Economic Development Agency, which required me only to put 10% down. Wow. Interesting. And, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about how it started because it was, it was pretty far fetched. And, you know, it started out with me getting invited to a golf outing and, you know, I was working as a big shot executive in New York city. And, you know, I, I had the twins, you know, I was making good money, but, you know, you know, here I'm like wondering, like, this isn't going to work. You know, I, I need to create a real legacy in my life. And, you know, I convinced my wife says, you know, go play in this golf outing. I'm like, ah, you know, I really should be working. I said, ah, you know, I'll go to the golf outing. In the golf outing, I started daydreaming about, you know, wow, I belong to a country club. I could tell my story. I had a good story. I was going to create, you know, this empire and, I'll be able to raise money. And I got home from the outing and convinced my wife to take five grand out of the bank, join this country club. And literally in, in my fourth round, I'm talking to some hotshot kid. He says, yeah, I'll lend you a hundred grand. So I go home and I tell my wife, I'm going to quit my job. She thought I was crazy. And I said, I have this taxation filtration system. I'm going to live off five grand a month. I said, everything's going to filter through all these companies. I don't need any income <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to make it happen. And she thought I was crazy, but three months out of the box, I took 25,000 of that hundred and I locked up, it's probably about a six acre lot. And it was in Bridgewater and the way it happened, because I didn't really know much about real estate, but I knew engineers, architects, and I knew they're, they're on the drawing board. So I'm calling engineers, architects, it leads to a dentist. The dentist starts telling me about a certificate of need. And I didn't really know what it was. He's like, oh, that's a piece of paper from the state. I can build 113 beds. I'm like, really? You know, assisted living. What's that like? He's like, ah, it's a little bit like, you know, nursing, just before nursing. I'm like, you know, I can do that. I literally hand wrote, we did a letter of intent, like on the spot that I would pay him 10,000 a unit. However, I got it approved. If I got 113, 120, he'd make a little extra. And I literally structured um, a deal where he was a member in, in an entity called Bridgewater Assisted Living Venture. And he brought in the development rights had a very small ownership percentage because I, you know, paid him, you know, what he wanted, but I kept him in the deal. And I then brought in 20 people, syndicated it out, 
prefabricated this building in, in pe between Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and literally 13 months later, cut the ribbon on, on 113 bed assisted living. So I kind of fell into it. You know, people are like, like, why did you start with that asset class? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Well, hey, it sounds like the stars align. The prefab thing's interesting. I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround time on that project. The prefab's a big part of that, right? Yeah, you know, I they probably build them in about a year, you know, if they if they get out of the box pretty good and you get you get an army of people. But one of the challenges I had is that, you know, I was paying a prevailing wage. Mm -hmm. And I figured if I could cut a portion of labor out or reduce that time of erecting the building. You know, literally in three weeks, we had this building standing up because it was, you know, stand stud walls already prefab, drop planks, studs, plank, and it went up pretty quick. So you know, the aspect um, had a little method to the madness, you know, because, you know, back then dollars always were, uh, you know, it was always the union trying to squeeze you and prevailing wage was about the union rate. And I was trying to do a non-union project, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Jersey. That's a different, I mean, we're down in Texas. It's gotta be a whole different ball of wax up there. No doubt. You guys have unions in Texas or. Uh, not, not really that we interact with. I mean, maybe if you're an electrician, you're a part of a union, but uh, the stuff we do is so simple. I mean, we do some land stuff. We do a lot of multifamily and this is like buying it and renovating it. So super basic stuff, you know, I mean, we're talking like uh, kitchens and baths and, and new paint and flooring and units and stuff and try and get a little rent premium. So yeah. as real estate uh, construction projects go, that's about as basic as it gets. Even if they're big, you know, 400 unit buildings or whatever, the, the construction aspect, remodeling aspects, pretty basic. Yeah. Pretty basic. So you're, you're, what did it do? Did it do anything to your, uh, I guess, to your head, to your vision? You go, Hey, I, I did a $17 million project. It went well. Um, was that a new plateau for you? Did it open your eyes, kind of validate some of your abilities? Or what, you know, what, what, did, what were you like after that project versus kind of right before? Yeah, yeah. So right before, you know, I was all about, you know, I was 27, I think it was. I just wanted to get out on my own. I was, I was building a billion dollar project for, you know, a huge CM firm in Brooklyn, Bruce Ratner, he owned the Nets. You know, so I, I didn't sleep much. You know, I'd, I'd work yeah. all day. I'd go to school at night. And, you know, I, I just really wanted to be an entrepreneur on my own. And you, know, you, you always work for somebody, regardless if you're on your own or not. But I wanted sure. to have time with my, my family. And, you know, that that's really, um, you know, how it started. When I transitioned, you know, I had the ability to, to find some time. You know, I was able to start a little morning routine instead of running out of the house. You know, take my kids to school once in a while, get involved in scouting, you know, at night. And get a life back, you know, because I, I literally it was it, like I didn't see much light. You know, I'd leave five in the morning, get home at midnight after, you know, going to school three, four nights a week, studying for my PE license. And, you know, after that, you know, life started to settle, and, you know, kind of get closer to my family again, because, you, you know, I found that I had to sacrifice a little bit, which I wasn't realizing when I was in it. And then after that, you know, I, it led me into a geriatrics facility that then led me to a, a waterfront development. And then when the towers collapsed, um, I had a beautiful waterfront property looking out at the World Trade Center. And that day I was with Tony Robbins and a life mastery event and lost my first $500,000. But, wow. uh, you know, we came back out of that. You know, my best friend worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. We lost him that day. And wow. 
you know, I just, you know, I just kept plugging. I never gave up. After that, I came back. I didn't watch the towers collapse on TV for 10 years until the anniversary. And, you know, then it happened again when Lehman Brothers crashed. We were partners with them and on three deals. We lost like $300 million in one day. You know, and then I built up again, had a concrete company in New York City. So I've, you know, I've always like hustled, you know, a lot. And then I was probably 17. You know, I was like doing the concrete. You know, I, you know, we built, I built 300 units with this CM company that I was with. I was director of operations. I had my own concrete company with the CM company. So we used to do all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, you know, I really don't want to work like this hard like this anymore. It's a little harder, you know, because going into the city every day, you know, never wore me down, but it just takes longer because you got to commute. Sure. I wanted to go back into development and I wanted to write the book, you know, because like I need, I had my head was full of all the stuff and I'm like, wow, this thing worked. You know, I did it when I started, I did it on a skyscraper. Um, I then founded around when I left the concrete company, took a buyout, we actually shut it down in 16. I went and founded Flipping USA because I wanted to, uh, I, it was a small group. They flipped in New Jersey and I was like, wow, maybe I'll take this model national. But I really did it because I wanted to test the formula on residential. Mm -hmm. And I went there, I was there about a year and a half, um, you know, built Flippin' USA. And then I decided that uh, I was going to create global real estate strategies and kind of step out of it, write the book, the modern wealth building formula, and really try to pay it forward because, you know, I got to the point, you know, just from after studying with Tony Robbins for many, many years, you know, you know, it comes down to it was time for me to contribute and that was going to give me like total fulfillment, you know, where I could pay it forward and, you know, write the book and all that kind of good stuff, you know. Was that a natural progression into kind of coaching and, and sharing knowledge and building that out? Or was that more of like a kind of overnight thing jumped into that? I mean, how did that how did that progress for you? Regarding the modern wealth building formula? Or? Yeah, regarding like, that's right, the modern wealth building formula, the, the kind of program that you have now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's the most unusual path that you'd ever believe. So in 2008, when the market crashed, I literally said, you know what, I'm done with real estate. Hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Sure. And since I was a kid, I don't, you know, I've been a, I've been a, like a magician, right? Where you can, you know, kind of produce coins and <laughs> you know, make stuff vanish. And so, you know, I've always loved magic and I literally started doing trade show magic. I went and studied under a guy named Joel Bauer and, you know, he was doing, this is in 2008. You decided to transition to magic, to magic. Yeah. Cause I, oh. I, I said, you know what? I don't want to do real estate right now. Okay. I, yeah. We're going to start doing magic because I was a really good magician. And my, my, my buddy, Joel Bauer, I became friends with, was a trade show magician and he did cruise ships and I went and studied with him. He's like, yeah, I do million dollars a year doing trade show magic. I'm like, really? I can get into like just doing magic. I love doing magic. So I started doing magic. And um, as I got friendly with him, he's like, Ken, let me show you what I really do also on the side. He goes, I'm a platform closer. I'm like, what's that? So I go watch him and he's, he's teaching about, you know, teaching for like these two professionals in mortgage origination and Joel's like the stage guy. Anyway, make a long story short, at the end of the seminar, I make, I watch him like 40 people stand up and write a check for 12 grand. I'm like, wow, they just did like a half a million dollars in, in an hour. Yep. I said, oh, can you show me how to do that? He goes, yeah, put people in a room and, you know, like tell them what you did. So I, I went to, uh, 
this thing called Cash Flow Quadrant in New York City, Robert Kiyosaki. It was a game. All these people are playing a game in a room. And I'm like, could you put all these people in a room and see? Because I wanted to tell them what I do. So I show up, there's a hundred people in the room and I get up, I do a presentation and I sell people into eight figure deals with no money down into a seminar. It's right after a crash, boom, everything gone, right? And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. So I teach 40 people, I then do it again. And then I sell some coaching and literally the market crashes. And I realized that this coaching thing and course thing as a business. You know, I went and I met some of the gurus and I'm like, oh, wow. the last thing I want to do is start this business right now. So I literally go out and I try to buy Stewart's root beer and this other car simonizing company. I was kind of lost for a few years. And, um, you know, literally, you know, through creating the eight figure deals with no money down, it kept me kind of like in real estate because I literally was in a room for 14 hours teaching how I developed this $17 million project. Fast forward 10 years, because I got my head out of my rear, you know, I went back into the business like around 211, 211, yep. did the Lehman Mansion on 54th Street on Millionaire's Row, restored it, then did um, some stuff in Saddle River, did some land stuff, then got a, a brownstone, you know, I think I mentioned to you, but, you know, that's when I put the education on the back burner, fast forward now. So when I finished the book in 2019, I'm like, wow, you know, I always wanted, I created that course. It's way into the stratosphere. You know, that guy told you, Ken, it's only going to reach 3%. I said, and then that day I said, you know what? I'm going to have the full gamut of real estate education one day. So on that day, I was like, wow, you know what? I'm going to create Real Estate Mastery University, which actually comes out next year. But I grabbed the website. I created Financial Freedom Protocol, which is how to start and accelerate your residential real estate business. I then have the modern wealth building formula, which could do commercial, residential development. It does everything. It tells you how to find, fund, and facilitate and syndicate. And then we have real estate development made simple. So now I decided since I have all this, what do I do and create that's really cool? So literally a week ago, I was like, thing came through me, Global Real Estate Investment Academy. So I've now created that. It was launched literally last week. I got my first group ready to kick off next week. They basically get everything I ever created in my entire life because what's going to make me happy is if I could pay it forward. It was my favorite movie, create more power, freedom, self-expression, peace of mind in everybody that I meet and make a difference in their world. And that's what's going to, you know, you know, make me satisfied. I love it. That's kind of the full cycle deal, right? Go build it, do it, and then share uh, your knowledge and and see somebody else do it. That's pretty fulfilling stuff, right? I mean, when somebody else could take what you're showing them and they can go, uh, they can go do it, change their life. Right. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Um, what type of projects we we're talking a little bit before we started recording here, what type of projects are you into today? You know, we're talking kind of mid 2021. Um, are you in a million different types? Are you, is there are a few, few that you like to do personally with your company or what, um, you know, yeah. what floats your boat these days in terms of project types? Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, like everybody else, we, we always look for multifamily, but, you know, I'm always looking to build multifamily. So I'll, you know, buy shovel ready projects. Um, in the last year and a half, I've really put a lot of focus on a famous site in Chester, New Jersey called the Larson's Turkey Farm. Hmm. I picked that up right at the beginning of COVID in a, in a foreclosure that I was able to, to maneuver and 
it came with a settlement and I signed a 20 year lease with uh, CVS pharmacy. So I'm going to be breaking ground on my first CVS in about three months. It has the old Turkey farm restaurant, which, you know, the pad is for sale, but that's going to be restored into a phenomenal restaurant that we've rendered out. Um, we've also worked with the city and we have affordable housing as part of the project, which is really, really exciting. And part of that, um, they allowed us to do some market rate housing, which is really, really exciting. Um, I have a 20,000 square foot pad to do medical office. So we're in the medical office business and it's the one office, you know, I guess sector that's, that's doing okay. And then, then, um, you know, I just got 28 acres where we're wrestling now with the concept that'll have same thing, residential, some flex office, some self storage, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to try to get a Starbucks on the corner and an urgent care. And then, then we're going to go with like our cookie cutter, wouldn't say cookie cutter, but our medical office prototype. We have a very unique medical office prototype where we, the doors are eight feet when you walk in, ceilings are nine feet. You get the feel of a Class A office building when it's really just a country, country type setting, you know. <clears throat> right, right. I love it. Are these new build projects, uh, medical office, self storage? Is this a build, uh, lease, and then refi and kind of hold it for a while, or you just build them and, and sell them and, and cash out? <clears throat> yeah. So exactly that. M most typical procedures. We <clears throat> after we get it approved, we try to create the first event where. We'll sell it to another entity that we control. We'll develop it. A lot of times when we have those multi-pads, the first objective is to sell off one of the two pads to, you know, get our money back on the acquisition. And all the other pads are kind of gravy. We're just bringing in fresh equity. It's kind of like a standalone investment. Sure. Yeah, we follow that same procedure. And on every deal, you know, that's how, you know, um, you know, my family and in-laws accumulated, you know, a lot of their real estate, you know, just kind of carving out a piece at a time and you know and then you know if, if a model works you know just follow it yeah just keep repeating it right if you if you if you Don't want uh, to find one that works have to, you know? yeah that's right that's right um how was last year for you guys you know covid hit in march kind of jammed us up jammed a lot of people up everything was on pause big impact for you guys uh lessons learned from from that kind of you know last event you know, I was, I was talking about it. I mean, we didn't get killed. Um, you know, we, you know, fortunately our office portfolio is medical. Good. So, you know, it was like the one business that kind of, you know, didn't have a total fallout and there was a lot going on, but you know, we, we had to cut some deals and <clears throat> fortunately, um, you know, I was saying a lot of my stuff that I had done in the city was always condos. So we sold out. So, I'm not dealing with a large rental portfolio. I have a couple of pieces in North Carolina, you know, where we, you know, you know, the rents are cheap enough where you don't get hurt too bad. But, you know, I was fortunate. I guess the only impact we had is we had a, we have a few projects through the approvals process and, you know, that whole thing got shut down. So we had, we had what they called was focus group meetings and, you know, planning board meetings were dysfunctional, but, you know, I guess the whole planning process, you know, is, is just been painful and, you know, and, you know, state agencies like DEP or, or it's, it's, it's like, you, you want to just get sick, you know, it's horrible. You can't, you can't get anybody on the phone and right. you know, I don't know if they're back in the office yet, they work out at her house and, you know, they they were bad 
you know, initially now they're, now it's just horrible, you know, so. <laughs> they're bad to start with. Yeah. Didn't, didn't improve. Right. Yeah. What does the uh, team look like today that, that you've got uh, obviously a lot of projects here? Is, are there partners? Is there an office staff? Is it, is it pretty lean? How do you, how do you structure things these days? Yeah. You know, I, I run very, very lean. And I think if we have, um, you know, we have a paralegal, we have, you know, bookkeeper, we have, you know, we have supers, some, some handymen, you know, I, I'd say maybe it's, you know, a dozen of total, um, right. A lot of stuff is outsourced. I, I've learned that without incentivizing someone, you're, it's hard to keep them, get their intention and, and get them to understand the result, you know, kind of based on the one minute manager approach. Sure. I've had too many deals where, you know, I got to babysit and then there's unfulfilled expectations and then you have employees and, you know, and, and I'm not saying I frown upon it. You know, I've built some organizations and I like, working with people, but, you know, at, at this stage, you know, it's, it's just a, a little bit different approach that I found beneficial because then you get people to really grow into who they want to be. You know, it's like, I'm not, right. you know, I, I told people what to do for so many years. I had to like force myself to stop telling people what to do. Right. You know, yeah. like when you're, when you're running, you know, big projects like that, I, I was like, wow, why am I like this? You know, my wife's like, you know, you're always like, it's so much to say all the time. I'm like, you know, I think it's just because since I was like 18 years old, I was like managing 600 people on the job, like all day. I'm like, do that, do this, do that. that, that, that. You know, it's hard to shut the switch off when you come home, you know? That's right. Like, like you're talking to me now like that, you know, and then that night I'd be like, Hey, can you grab that broom? <laughs> She'd say, I'd be like dreaming about, <laughs> dreaming about stuff or grab that shovel. <laughs> That's funny you say that. I've, I've, this last couple of months, I've started intentionally delegating things to my kids, especially my sons, you know, young, I got young sons. And I'm like, I told my wife, they're going to do everything, anything they can do, you make them do it, you know? Um, and, and so it's just kind of funny trying to delegate and watch them fail on stuff and, and just trying to get them. Uh, but uh, I'm enjoying that process, right. Of, of maybe telling people what to do more uh, around the house. <laughs> yeah. 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 During that. Yeah. No, there's no question. My son didn't become an Eagle scout cause I, I wasn't telling him what to do. And now he's a U.S. intelligence Marine officer and he teaches me. So I love that. <laughs> That's great. That's a cool career. I love it. I love it. Um, Looking back on, on, you know, all of your ventures and companies and, and ups and downs, what are some of the, a uh, handful of attributes for success that you've seen in people. Obviously you, you have your own attributes to be successful, but uh, what is it that you recognize in others that, that you think uh, contributes to their success? Uh, you know, I, I guess the first thing that came to mind is, you know, most of my mentors had mentors. So I, mm -hmm. I've always, since I can remember, I was, you know, my first Dale Carnegie class shortly after I got married, you know, just trying to get over the fear of public speaking like everybody has. But, right. uh, you know, I think, you know, mentorship is, is key. Um, you know, other attributes, I, I think, is, <clears throat> is really, you know, just self-mastery in itself. You know, there's a lot of components to self-mastery. You know, just, you know, one thing that took me years to, to do is just control the emotional state, you know, right? Um, you know, because you can, you know, you can, it can unravel quick, you know, especially when you're swimming with sharks in New York City, 
And, you know, I guess a few attributes that I learned and one of the things that have kind of gravitated to me that I didn't have, and I may have mentioned is, is kind of like a morning routine, you know, for, for years, I didn't have it, you know, it was always run out the door, you know, by 5.30 so I can get through the tunnel before six, because if you, you know, five minutes made a difference with the traffic, but, you know, the morning routine of, of now, you know, getting up and I have like a little get ready and then I work out and then I meditate and pray a little bit and fuel the body. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think that that has really made a huge difference in getting clarity on, on, you know, what I want to achieve because, you know, my philosophy, you know, my billionaire philosophy is, you know, you have to, you know, have the product, have the outcome and be a hundred percent clear and then hire the best people to execute that. And you spend your time on the resources to make them successful. So I really, you know, not that I'm a billionaire, but, you know, I sit back and I'm in a lot of deep thinking and, you know, I figure out, you know, who could, who could take now the global real estate investment Academy to the moon. And, you know, I have someone in mind who I started talking to a couple, a couple young, young guys in their twenties and, you know, and just support that. But, you know, that, those are some of the attributes, you know, that I got, um, you know, wake up early, you know, a little bit earlier, even if you don't have a morning routine, because, you know, one extra hour a day, you know, gives you about six, six or eight extra hours, you know, for that year. And you could do a lot of stuff in six to eight weeks. Right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I love it. That's, that's great stuff. I love the concept of having the really clear vision, putting the people in place, and then really kind of getting out of that process yourself. Right. And I think that's a really hard thing for entrepreneurs to, to do is, is to build it and then step out of the way of the, the mechanism that they've built. Right. It really is. You know, the, the micro distinction is resources versus sources, you know, mm-hmm. so when you, when you hire the best of the best, you know, that that's the source. And sometimes, you know, when you're in the trenches and in the source, you know, you lose some sensory acuity to the resource, right? So the, you know, the, 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 the big picture person or myself, the visionary has to say, okay, well, what resources are, are missing? You know, there's nothing wrong. Always look at what's missing. I always tell the story, which I learned, you know, through my training, you know, Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the world. He had won every accolade, you know, highest points, assists. But what he did was he kept asking what's missing because he hadn't won the championship. And as he watched films, film after film, he started to realize that, you know, he had Pippen and, and uh, the other hot dog Rodman and, you know, and, and here Jordan's flying through the air, just, you know, hogging the ball, dunking the ball. And all of a sudden he had this epiphany that there was nothing wrong, but what was missing was teamwork. Then once he put teamwork into the formula, he, he had the three P won the championship three times in a row. And, and I kind of use Michael Jordan as an analogy in some of the training that I did that, that told me that little story. Um, you know, it's not about what's wrong in the operation. It's what's missing in order to make it better or more effective, you know? Love it. I love it. Making it better. Yep. That's such a, I, I was watching that series with uh, it's like a 10 part series with, with uh, Jordan and the bulls and kind of chronicling that reliving that, uh, that period of history as a magical uh, time in the NBA. There's no question about it. Yeah. I, no, I, 
I tell you, that was a great time. And when I was growing up with the New York Knicks, just going to the to the Madison Square Garden and watching like, you know, uh, Chamberlain come, the big tall guys, Lou oh, Alcester, yeah. all those guys, and Wilk Chamberlain and Willis Reed and Walt Frazier. I mean, it was just amazing. But nothing like a good basketball game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's good to be. They were all kind of getting back to them now, which is which is awesome. What do you see ahead, um, you know, for the, for the next year? Like I said, we're kind of mid 2021 talking right now. What's uh, what's on your you know, kind of goals and plans for the, for the, you know, coming year and the year ahead. Yeah. You know, this year I, I'm going to launch um, officially the, the global real estate investment Academy. I'm going to try to help as many people as I can, um, you know, and, and not put a lot of time into it. So I'm building a little organization around it you know, where, you know, I'm going to spend, um, you know, probably 10 hours a week in building that and, and try to work with maybe a hundred to 200 people and really just creating something extraordinary in their life. So on the educational side, I plan on spending maybe about 10 hours a week. Um, you know, this year I'm going to really focus on two big developments that we that we have. It's over 50 acres of developments and kind of what I say, build that on paper so I can kind of pass it off delegated talk it's all about eliminating what you don't what you shouldn't be doing anymore delegating it and then automating it so you know this year I'm, I'm really working on a lot of my automation and um you know we're gonna have a, a big deal feeder system coming in just you know with with i think the the global real estate academy so we're just going to serve projects and we're working with some institutional money now. I guess I call it that, but more on the family office so we could start, you know, connecting money to projects and just kind of moving the ball forward, you know, because, you know, it, I think everybody's skeptical. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, question with demographics, like, you know, where, where do people work now? You know, you're like, right. You know, on corporate headquarters anymore. Like, where's the capita income? Like, um, you know, have people been paying their rent? You know, what are the real... ROIs, you know, what's going to happen in the office industry, you know, will retail pivot again, you know, we have all kinds of dynamics, many variables to the equation. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not saying people to sit on the sideline at all. I'm saying to get out on the field right now, because it's like showtime, it's game time, like there's a lot going on. And if you're ready, there's going to be deals that are going to, you know, fall on your plate fast and furious, and you just got to be able to, to move on it, you know, so me, you know, just like a normal guy putting my pants on one leg at a time. I'm always raising money. I'm always looking for money. It's just a constant process. We're kind of all in the same boat, you know, and, sure. you know, I realize that I came from uh, my, my dad climbed telephone poles, pump, pump gas at night after working for public service, electric gas. My mom was a bank teller. You know, she made, uh, I think if it was $12,000 a year, my, my, I think my, my father started at $2,200 a year or something like that um, and ended up at 40. But, you know, like, you know, I was just given a lot of love and enthusiasm, go to school, work hard. And then fortunately, you know, working in New York City, I met a couple of sharks and, you know, and then they turned into mentors and, you know, it's like, you know and the sharks went with the other sharks <laughs> with my wallet, you know, yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> but, you, know, I, I, you know, I learned a few, but, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, I, I grew up and, you know, some of my cousins were, you know, were tough guys and I learned about the street and, you know, I didn't get taken advantage of, you know, and I was able to swim with the sharks and, 
and create something for myself. And, but like anybody else, over, I had to overcome fears and, you know, figure it all out. And, you know, those sleepless nights when you're like, you're not paying yourself. You're like, okay, now what's going to happen? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You get paid last, right? Exactly. Hopefully there, hopefully you get paid. Uh, and if you do get paid, you get paid last. Yeah. Somebody was joking with me yesterday. Yeah. You're, you're in that entitlement business. It's like, it's like the zero cash flow business of the world just keeps going out and out and out, you know? Yep. Right. But, yeah. That's uh, what I, that's right. You just write checks and write checks for a long time. And hopefully there's one last check at the end to, uh, to make it all right. But there's, there's no guarantee of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, great, Ken. I really appreciate you kind of sharing the story. Obviously, there's there's a, a lot more here, but if somebody wants to connect with you, learn about what you're up to, learn about what you're offering, what's a good avenue for them to do that? Yeah, the easiest way is to go to KenVanLu.com and there's a Discover How button. If you click that and you're interested, it will lead you to a scheduling software that you could schedule an appointment with me and I give away 45 minute free strategy sessions. So if you're thinking about getting started in real estate, if you have a project on the hook that you can't get your arms around, if you are in residential and you want to go to commercial, if you're in commercial and you want to go to development, if you're in development and you're getting hassled by the planning board, or if you're in development and you want to learn how to raise money, um, there isn't you know, anything that I, I don't believe that I can't help you with. And if I don't have the answer, I could reach out and get it for you. So. Love it. Listen, a, a 45 minute strategy session is nothing to sneeze at. That is serious uh, opportunity for somebody that's looking to get to the next level. And I cannot, um, I cannot underscore enough my resonance with the, your idea around mentors. Right. I mean, it just, I've been a part of groups, since I first started as an entrepreneur and it's absolutely been the fast forward button for me in so many facets of my life and business. So um, we're going to link to the website in the show notes and there's a ton of value there that, that you offer. So thank you for, for putting that out there and thanks for joining uh, on the show. I wish you uh, continued success, Ken. Thank you very much. Devin, thank you. All righty. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you found that educational, entertaining, inspiring, all of the above. If you are interested in seeing future DJE investment projects and you are not already on our list and in our portal, uh, you can go to the website, djetexas.com. There's a little button there to schedule a 15-minute call with our team, answer any questions you have, and make sure you get on that list to see that next project that comes out. Also, if you're interested in being... Uh, an investor that runs these deals, we've got a free seven-module course for you at apartmenteducators.com. Uh, a lot of great free content there to ramp up your education in the multifamily investing space. Once again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We always appreciate a five-star review. That helps the reach of the show. That's one way you can give back if you enjoyed it, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.